Hey, I'm Jesse. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's verse 5. If anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. This punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I wrote for this purpose, to test your character to see if you are obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. The catastrophe that's been brought upon the soundness, the fellowship of the Church of Corinth, I mean, the weight of it would just be crushing for the person responsible. The one who ignited the spark of controversy that led to this uproar. It's just it, the, the weight of responsibility for having done such a thing is crushing on this man. And Paul is calling for forgiveness. Like, forgive the one who started this massive conflagration that just broke our church. He said, look, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. These people who are trying to assassinate Paul's character, it's not just causing Paul pain, it's caused everybody pain. It's caused division in the whole entire church. By trying to assassinate Paul's character, it affects everybody. Even people who were side, you know, uh, bystanders, so to speak, they had nothing to do with the conflict. They, they weren't the ones assaulting Paul's character. They weren't even necessarily endorsing the ones trying to assassinate Paul's character. But they are caught up, they are collateral damage in the wake of this attempt. This punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. Meaning like, look, they've, if they see the damage they've done to the kingdom of God, don't pile on any further. Look at the, look at the selflessness of Paul here. While he's being piled onto by critics, he's telling people, look, don't pile on the people who are doing this. Because as they become aware of what they've done, they become deeply, deeply overwhelmed with grief and horror at the realization that they've just hurt Christ's church. They've just wounded a whole lot of people. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Like they're not calling for forgiveness of Paul. These people who are, are rising up trying to assassinate Paul's character, they're not saying, look, everybody forgive Paul, show Paul grace. They're like, nope, he is worth less than dirt, you guys. He is a false apostle and they're the false apostles. Paul, meanwhile, is saying, forgive these people. Do you see Christ in Paul here? As Christ is on the cross, he's calling for the forgiveness of the people who are crucifying him. He talks to the Father and he says, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. There's not even any indicator that these people were repentant at this point. The people crucifying Jesus certainly weren't repentant. They were carrying the act out in the moment and Christ asked for their forgiveness. Paul likewise is calling everybody, look, forgive the people who are causing this division. Forgive them. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. To come to the realization, like I just broke a church in half, would be overwhelming for anybody. And that grief would be excessive. And Paul doesn't want that for his detractors. 
He's praying for mass grace to be shown to the people who are stirring up division against him. This is very Christ-like of him. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. Okay, this guy who's a rabble-rouser, these saboteurs, these ones who are sowing seeds of division, they're doing something that God hates. Would you reaffirm to that person the love you have for them? This is phenomenal. This is amazing. I wrote for this purpose to test your character to see if you're obedient in everything. He wants to see if they're gonna live out what they've been called to. It's a testing of their character. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I've forgive, forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ. So he, he's saying like, if you guys forgive him, I forgive him too. Forgive the saboteurs, forgive the ones who are trying to cause division, just forgive them. And if you forgive them, guess what? I forgive them too. I forgive him too. In 1 Corinthians, he's like, I'm pronouncing judgment on the guy who's having an illicit affair with his stepmom. You guys should cast judgment too. All right, but now in 2 Corinthians, he's like, if you guys forgive him, I forgive him too. It's water under the bridge. We're moving on. Because we've forgiven, we move forward. Now, Paul and this guy are probably not going to have dinner together when he gets back to Corinth. That's okay. You don't have to have, you don't have to like have a, have a, strained friendship with somebody with whom you've had deep grievances. There's nothing biblical that requires that, but you do have to forgive. Paul has not received an apology, by the way. He's just forgiving him. If getting an apology from somebody is a big deal to you, you're after the wrong thing and the enemy's got you in a trap. What matters way more is whether or not you have forgiven the person who has hurt you. That matters way more. There's nothing biblically about apologies, by the way. There's no requirement for that. And an apology doesn't mean all that much really. What matters all the more, what actually changes your heart is if you've forgiven this person. Paul is even calling for everybody else to forgive him as he has forgiven him. And he, sa he says this, here's verse, verse 11, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan for we are not ignorant of his schemes. At last, in verse 11, the true bad guy comes to light. It's not the dude who's sowing seeds of division. It's not these self-styled apostles who are trying to attack Paul's character. The devil's the one behind this, guys. Don't be mad at the person. Be mad at the devil who's sowing these seeds of division and respond with love, respond with forgiveness. We just celebrated Easter. Because of the resurrection of Christ, everything is atoned for and forgiven and we have victory over sin. Because of the resurrection of Christ, forgive, 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 and be set absolutely free. This disarms the enemy. He's the one truly behind it all. Emulate Paul's Christ-like forgiveness of his own detractor and see the true bad guy. The person in the church sowing seeds of division is not the true bad guy. The enemy of the church, the devil, is the actual bad guy. Be not ignorant of his schemes. Oh yeah, that's right, spiritual warfare is a thing. I forgot devil and demons and hatred and the enemies of Christ. Oh yeah, don't be ignorant of it. See it for what it is. Where there's a unified church body, the devil will do everything in his power to attack that sense of unity. It was for unity in the body that Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it is the unity of the church that the devil attacks. Our biggest weapon against such schemes by the enemy is radical forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness.